0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDSE.
1: Yes, it is time for the Monday morning roundup. Good morning, everybody, right across the SEN network. Thanks for tuning in on SEN 1170 70 a.m. Sydney, 693 a.m. in Brizzy, 1620 a.m. on the Gold Coast, wherever you're with us on the SEN app. The text line and call line open for business, already whirring out of control this morning, so join in oh four five seven seven three six seven three six, or give us a call on the open line 1300 one 1170 Everything is on the list on this busy Monday morning: footy, boxing, cricket, golf, basketball, supercars, the Oscars are coming up. Absolutely everything. Good morning to you, Matty Johns.
2: Uh, Matty, how are you,
1: pal? I'm good. I'm good. What a weekend! What a massive weekend! Man. Now you were all over the place, and uh, mm. at Leichhardt yesterday. What was the reaction first off the bat when Caelan Ponga went down?
2: Look, it doesn't matter whether you support Newcastle, uh, whether you're a Tiger supporter or just there to enjoy the game. It was a gasp across the uh, throughout the ground. It was a uh, yeah, it was a nasty one. It, it's um, it was uh, just a, I mean an awful sight. But when you consider what Caelan has been through. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. It, it's, a, it's a really sensitive one, Maddie, to talk about and have an opinion on. Mm-hmm. Simply because I, I remember sitting down with Boyd Cordner uh, once for an interview, but I've chatted to Boyd um, just by myself, you know, away from Mike and camera, and he gets very, very emotional when he talks about it. And one of the things that really hurt, hurt him during that period and, and stuck with him was the fact that everybody had an opinion on what he should do next or what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I can only imagine what went through Kalen's head when he came through, came to, sorry. Uh, Because Boyd was saying that, you know, he'd be in the midst of a game, then all of a sudden he'd come to and realised he'd been knocked out. And, you know, how that affected him emotionally. At the end of the day, Kalen will go away and he'll be assessed and they'll, they'll go from there. As far as people, I, I just think it's out of line people having opinion. You know, I've had people say, "Do you think it's all over?" And I said, "Well, that's got nothing to do with me." Oh, how many head knocks can he take till he's got to give it up? Oh, well, look at the end of the day, he'll get he'll get assessed medically and things and, and the club, and he'll go from there.
1: Yeah, his position in the game will be reliant on the on the advice of the experts and and. It, you're 100% spot on there. I mean, you've got to take the advice of the experts and everything else is just presuming around it. There are questions, however, about mm. his positional play and we'll dig into that in just a few minutes. Uh, the latter, Matty, after round two. Mm. I mean, we've only had two rounds and obviously the bye comes into play, but we've got the Seagulls on top. We've got the Dolphins there two out of two. We've got the Dragons now into third. The Broncos in the top four. Panthers, Rabbitohs, Warriors, Titans uh, make up the top eight. You shouldn't make up your your top eight, you know, viewing after just two rounds. But that shows something that we spoke about last week. We just mm. we think this is going to be the closest competition we've seen in a while. But it's also getting the feel that it's going to be a comp that's going to be tipped on its own head.
2: Maddie, look, it's really hard to draw a, a line through the form until we get around five six rounds in, and you start to see, uh, you start to see uh, trends and patterns. At the moment, there's sides who are you know, might be getting beat that's saying, Oh my god, you know, we've got the concerns here. The midway through the competition, I said, Well, those sides are flying, we're actually going okay. So, you've got to be really careful. One thing that is for certain, Matty, is that the top teams have just come down a fraction, or some more than a fraction, but the very top teams have at, at the very least come down a fraction, and most sides have improved. You know, some I think maybe. Quite dramatically, other sides you know just a fraction. Um, although the Tigers yesterday they'll buck that trend. They, they they really were. They were really poor. I suppose we'll get to that. But it, it's shaping as a as a great competition. And one thing is for certain. We said this before a ball was kicked. Given that you know the the jam sides getting better, sides coming off a little bit. That 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 space in between in between four and eleven and twelve, there'll be a tight win or a tight loss out of making finals and not.
1: Like I said, everything's on the list this morning, not just the world of footy. Now the Oscars, Matthew. The Oscars oh, yeah. uh, get underway in a couple of hours. It struck me this morning as I was going through the Best Picture nominees. I'm like you. I'm a movie head. And I. there was a time back in the day when I used to be able to roll off every uh, Best Movie winner for as far back as I could remember. But it struck me that of the 10 nominees this morning, I've only seen two. I've only seen Elvis and yeah. Top Gun. How much? How much have you got covered across the best picture category?
2: Well, I, I there's, I, I think Maddie. Well, I've, I've spoken this to, with my and my wife before. Is that coming off COVID, there was a real shortage. I, I, I think cinema still hasn't come back from that period. Um, As far as uh, nominees, I mean, Top Gun Maverick was an excellent movie. Uh, It's the other one I really enjoyed. And it takes you a little while. When when, when you're sitting in the cinema, you're sitting there for the first 45, 50 minutes going, what the hell is going on? Then all of a sudden it kicks in and you go, and it was really enjoyed. Everywhere, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. That was, I know that's nominated. That was a cracker. The one I hope wins though is Elvis. I, I just, I love the Baz Luhrmann Uh, Elvis, with uh, Austin Butler. I'd love for that win. I just thought it was sensational. But to be honest, Matty, I won't be watching the Oscars because it's that time of the year where actors get to get on stage and lecture all of us on how we should be living our lives, and I can just do without that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'd love to see Austin Butler win. Um, Like I say, I've only seen the two, but the one that you mentioned there has won everything ahead of it and, uh, by the way, cost the least amount to produce. So we'll Mm. keep our eyes across that. We'll do our snap judgments Thanks to Snap Fitness soon, our Glencore Coach of the Year points after round two. And the best caller this morning, 1300 01 1170, gets a Signet Boost Power Bank. So the issues this morning, Maddie, on the table. We'll dive deeper to Kaelin Ponga. Uh, I want your thoughts about the Knights in particular and the West Tigers. I mean, a ripping win for the Knights. And one heck of a tough win, but the opposite for the Tigers. Mm. The Monday morning wrap sheet, so a few people in trouble and they can avoid it by writing a check. Uh, The Roosters have written one, but with the help from Parramatta because Nathan Brown is going there in due course. The Dolphins, I want to know how long you think, folks, they can keep the roll going. And then that tips into the world of expansion. Could we end up with 20 teams? Is it Destination Pacifica? Could it be the Pacifica Bears or the Perth bears uh, our snap judgments boxing will cover tim Zo's victory over tony harrison and what's up next of course jermel charlo is waiting the players championship golf is heading to the final stages and scotty scheffler's braining them the fourth cricket test final day nbl championship series and a bit of drama a lot of drama in fact at this super uh, supercars newcastle 500 0457 736 736 is the text line so Further to this Ponger Ponga uh, incident yesterday. Now his fourth concussion in the past 10 months. How long, and it's only early days as well, mm. can he last in the front line at number six? That was always going to be mm. a question because now he has to make more tackles than he's ever made before. In fact, the figures, Matty,
0: mm.
1: I mean, it's a bit hard to run a, a proper line through this because of the amount of games that he's missed. In round one, playing in the number six jersey for 68 minutes, he made 11 tackles. In the 14 games that he played last year at fullback, he averaged just three tackles Mm. per game. So he's in the front line much more. How long does that last, given everything we know?
2: Well, Lockie Miller was so good yesterday, which adds another layer of complexity onto it, Matty. Look, the the thing about it is, Matty, and and myself and Andrew were talking about this last night, is when you're a kid and your whole life... You've defended in the front line, and you've. There's so much of defence that's intuition, just you know, that's just you just know where to place your head, where to place your feet, how to drop, when to drive, etc., etc. Now it doesn't safeguard you, you know, from concussions or anything like that. But you know, Kalen, in his, uh, I don't know what position he played growing up. I don't know whether he was a fullback or, or what. But for him, this is a whole, this is a whole new kettle of fish. And watch yesterday, he just. The guy was going towards him with a little bit of footwork, and he just got his head caught in an awkward position. Now that can happen to anybody. Like we saw Tuves, and how tough he was, right? And occasionally that would still happen to him, happen to him. But if Kalen's our most important player, which he is, then you've got to, they've got to make a decision. Okay, where where is where does he best sit in the side? Now, if that is fullback, the next question is, what do we do? as far as Mill is concerned who has been who was terrific yesterday so th- these are a lot of really big decisions that sit in the lap of, of Adam o'brien but yeah yeah matt matty like as i said before the the art of, of that defence at the last second a lot of times it is at the very very last second to get your footwork right to get your head on the right side it's it's something that's learned over a long long time
1: the Lockie Miller one, I think, is really interesting. Obviously, Tyson gambles there, and that, that's one of the things, Matty, that I thought about this morning. I thought, okay, look, mm. if, if Kalen's not going to be at number six, what happens next? Because, remember, yeah. they, they made the play. Let's forget about his paycheck here. They made the play that he's going to drive their attack going forward. He's going to have hands on the ball going forward. But they also knew of his history with concussion. They draft in Lockie Miller from the Sharks, He's, he's rock solid, but he's still only a rookie in the game cool. of NRL. Tyson Gamble's got one of the best mouths on him. He was firing yes. <laughs> yesterday. Yes, well, so well I mean, it, him, and,
2: him and Hastings, that's one... We, that's the thing we do have claim to. We've got the two biggest shit-stirrers in the league.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they both did an awesome job at it yesterday. But does it beg the question, if you go back further... You never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll cut the night some slack here. Mm-hmm. But did it beg the question to think, <clears throat> OK, what if the Calum thing doesn't work at number six... Which way do we go? Do you reckon they've got bases covered?
2: Oh, Matty, honestly, I do not know about that. Because, okay, let's, let's say, for instance, they make the decision to say, we're going to put Kalen back to fullback then. Okay, well, then who goes into six? Lockie, you're going to put Lockie into the front line? I mean, Lockie's played his whole career in the very outside backs or, or at fullback. I Maddie, it's it's a it's a really 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 difficult one and, and a lot of this has been in hindsight right? like I mean it, we could say the same thing about let's say for instance when Darren Lockyer went to 58 and I'll say this it took Lockyer I reckon 12 to 18 months to really adjust fully to the positional switch but it, it, you know if Lockyer starts getting concussions or it just doesn't work then that would have changed the whole complexity of the of the Brisbane side Matty, I don't actually know. I th- I really think at the moment with the Knights, Matty, probably at the moment where Adam O'Brien's head's at is just go right out. What is our side going to look like for next week? Because that game yesterday, I put it as one of the bravest wins I've seen from a Newcastle team. In the, in like throw them all. Well, I haven't seen a braver performance. They were just absolutely gone. They had players sent off. They had players in the sim bin. They had players um, playing injured. Um, they had players who who couldn't go back on the field. They were like my, my young bloke. He's having scans this morning on his ankle. Now there was no way in the world I, I thought when he went into halftime that he's going to be able to get back out there. He went out there for a couple of minutes and he just couldn't run on it. But it got to the point they said to him, mate, you've got to put your boots back on and get on the bike because mate, we might need you because we've got no no reserves left. They were just completely gone. Uh, and so it was it was a very brave win. As far as the Kalen situation, that's going to be a decision. Maybe about a month down the track, Matty, but first things first First for Newcastle, he'll look and just go look at the squad and go, who the hell, who have I got for this week? Because um, we're waiting to hear back from injuries such as Tyson Vrizel. So I think, yeah, that's where his head's going to be. I think the team will enjoy that win yesterday. They'll pat themselves on the back and say they should. But next week and going forward, they've got some big decisions to make.
1: What did you make of Jackson Hastings, Tommy Talau, David Klemmer at the end of it all? There was, gee, there was some spite out there. There was some real mouth, as you mentioned. And then mm. Jackson gets in, uh, interviewed by Jake Duke from Fox on the sidelines. He says, look, I, you know, I didn't mean to hit Tommy Talau, but obviously i got him. I'm going to go and apologize, which he did. And the cameras mm. followed him. And there's a bit of push and shove going on there. It shows that there's still some simmering tension between this player in particular and these clubs.
2: Well, it does. I mean, and they asked Tim Sheans going into the game, I think, about Jackson Hastings. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think his re- his reply was, oh, he just didn't want to play 13. But what you saw yesterday was probably, that I think that the issue might have been a little deeper. And, um, yeah, I, I was re- really, really, really surprised. And good on Jackson for going off and apologising. What was said during the game, I don't know but to a certain extent there's certain areas in a game where you where you don't go that deserves to to be you know addressed away from the field i don't think it was anything like that it was a high shot and maybe a little bit of sledging but um, yeah like you know for Told me to grab him by in shirt front him like he did. Uh, you know, I thought I was incredibly surprised by that. And then then Clem joined in, and I mean, every, and then you join the dots. I mean, because David Clemmer was at Newcastle the year before, and he leaves. Uh, Jackson Hastings, of course, mate. He's at the Tigers. He leaves. So it was, it was, it was like days of our lives. It was pretty interesting.
1: <laughs> it was a powder keg, and that's Clemmer's job. Clemens' jobs to be the yep. firebrand and protect his player. It doesn't matter what jumper yep. in he's the, wearing. In, you just add everything to the mix.
2: In the 80 minutes, Matty. Yeah, in, in, <laughs> in the 80 minutes. And there's certain things, like I said before, that that deserve to be an issue after the game. But if there's an accidental high shot or something like that, you leave it alone. And, you know, I think I think an apology should be suffice. That and, and the thing about it is, right, like we saw it with Tyson gamble at the back end of the game where adam dewey he, you know he stuffs up a play of the ball then falls down with cramp and, and tyson's you know giving him yeah you know, giving him the rounds and dewey got over the cramp pretty big he just jumped up and he's straight into it but yeah you know, for newcastle to, to win yesterday like you watch the game and you go oh what a pest tyson gamble was he just grow he just grow, drove the opposition team crazy well he did he frustrated them and yesterday, with with what Newcastle had to do with the amount of injuries, that was a contributing factor in, in why the Tigers played so bad.
1: So where are the Tigers really at? Two out of, oh. or none out of two from um, the first two games at Leichhardt Oval. They should have won that game yesterday. Everybody was there watching what was unfolding. And, and as mm. you mentioned, on the Newcastle side, toughest, bravest win. And, and you're not the only one who's saying that. But you couldn't find a... A, a mm. more polar opposite flip side for where the West Tigers are at.
2: Well, I turned up the game yesterday at Leichhardt Oval, and I was thinking to myself, "Well, okay, this is going to be this is going to be a, a, a really tough game for Newcastle because I thought the Tigers because what we saw in the trial games, the first trial game against the Warriors was an absolute stinker. Then they came out and they were just brilliant against Canberra Raiders, and I thought well, I was waiting for that sort of rebound." And a little bit, they were scrappy at the start, but I was waiting for them to kick in. And they just, man, they never did, Matty, like some of the ill-discipline. They looked to me, uh, right, it reminded me a little bit of watching Canterbury in round one. I went back and watched the Canterbury game a couple of times to try to get my head around what went wrong. I'm absolutely convinced that Canterbury just thought too much about it. They were out there and they were just determined to try to play to whatever plan they had and what structure they had. What you saw from Canterbury in game two was against the Melbourne Storm. They simplified their game. They simply pushed the ball to where the space was and just kept doing it. And they backed themselves and were positive off offloads off and, and then and then pour a lot of energy into the defence. Watching the Tigers yesterday, the more they needed points, the more they overthought it, the more they pushed the ball sideways. And that's what happens. When you think too much and you're just determined to try to get your sequences on, the ball invariably just goes sideways. You just skim across the defence. They had no penetration. And the, the longer the game went, the worse they looked in attack. So where do they go from there? I don't know. Sheens is a brilliant player at recognising something in his side and making the necessary adjustments. The year they won it in 2005, I remember in the middle of the year they were copping some pretty big hidings and they adjusted and turned it around. Well, they need to adjust pretty quickly because the pressure's on.
1: And they've got the Bulldogs this Sunday uh, at Belmore, of course. And the Knights guy. will, they, yeah, the Knights will have the Dolphins. We'll talk about the Dolphins <laughs> after this. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six, and the Broncos as well, defeating the Cowboys. So, how far can this roll continue? One 1170 This is the roundup on a Monday morning on SEM with Matty Johns. It is twenty seven minutes after nine for our Sydney listening audience. Twenty seven after eight for those joining us in Queensland. Scotty Scheffler is on the way to a victory at the Players Championship. He'll do it by at least five strokes as he heads towards the 18th Minwoo Lee was in there then he was out there then he's back in there um, plus three for the day and he's currently tied for fifth at minus nine but Scheffler 17 under going uh, to the 18th and a 6.7 million Australian dollars uh, pay packet awaits him Maddie, the Dolphins how long can they keep the role going mm-hmm. two out of two
2: well uh, they've got Newcastle next week and Newcastle are going to be depleted of course Helen uh, can they keep it I reckon as, as probably as long this good run as they can keep their experienced players on the field Maddie, they, they've had a good run Jeremy, Jeremy Marshall King is going to be a blow he's been one of their best players and really crucial he's one of the focal points of their attack he's been given a suspension uh, they, Maddie. They're just typical. They're they're really typical Wayne Bennett, Queensland side in the way they played the other day. Early in the contest, I'm watching going, well, has the bubble burst? They threw so much in, into last week. And, you know, Raiders got off to a really quick start. They, they were you know, dropping a lot of football. But what you see with the Queensland sides, right, like a state of origin or more to the point Wayne Bennett coach sides is they just hang in there. They just hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. They play the 80 minutes just in the... You know, they at least give themselves a chance to win. With five, ten minutes to go, they are in the contest. And that's what they did. They just they just dug in. And a really great sign for the side was young Katoa, the young playmaker. Sean O'Sullivan is in the bench. Uh, sorry, uh, in the sin bin. And so they're on the attack, they're, they're, they're two metres out, there's two minutes to go, and they've got a full set of six. Now, this is a, this is a, a, a pretty, pretty complex scenario because I've seen really a lot of playmakers, including Parramatta in round one against the Melbourne Storm, blow this. Do you go for the try, or do you set the whole set, did you build the whole set around going for the one point? And young Katoa was just decisive. He just went, I'm all in, I'm just going to go for the try. And did it through that beautiful pass to the hammer who went and scored. And so, mate, they're just um, – one thing's for, for sure, mate. If they win this week against Newcastle and they're three from three, Brisbane win next week and they're three from three, they play the week after at Suncorp Massive. Stadium. it would be 50,000 people. I sort of think there'll be 50,000 pe- people there regardless. It's a, It's a great story and – uh, mate, you just see how much en- Wayne is enjoying being back. He was the first week he was like the, it was like the, the cat that ate the, ca- not the canary, it was the aviary. And last <laughs> week he was just back to his grouchy best. He's just you can see how much he's missed it.
1: And he's given Felice Cafusi the mission, hasn't he? He, he said, oh. all right, you, mate, he knocked the cheese out of the cheese in round one and he absolutely T-boned Hudson Young uh, yeah, on, on the weekend. So, it, look, it's just massive. They're, they're making statements and they're winning oh. – and like you say, if it gets to two rounds away and both the Bronx and the Dolphins are 3-0 and to start the season, it's going to be enormous. We'll talk expansion after this on the roundup. Come and join the conversation. Best caller of the day gets a Signet Boost Power Bank one 1170 Time for the news. Thank you, Vanessa. The Monday morning roundup with Matty Johns, 0457-736-736. We'll do our snap judgments on... Uh, the round two matches that have just passed, thanks to Snap Fitness on a mission to help you feel fantastic. How are you feeling, uh, Maddie, You're looking pretty trim. You're still on the uh, on the wagon.
2: I am on the wagon, Matty. I got 75. I'm doing 75 days, as prompting by Brian Fletcher, yeah. and I'm. I, one one personality trait I've got, which my wife hates, is that I'm stubborn. And I read where only 5% of people get through this 75 hard. So I'm determined to just dig in, regardless if my side wins on the weekend and I feel like having a beer or it's 32 or 33 degrees, I'm just I'm digging in there. So I must say, it's not enjoyable. Uh, Monday to Friday, or well, Monday to Thursday is okay. We're not having a beer, but uh, Friday to Sunday, it's a special kind of torture.
1: <laughs> so how many days have you got left?
2: Oh mate, I'm flying. I'm, I've only got 51 days left.
1: Oh, that's heaps. Yeah, yeah, plenty, plenty, of, plenty of time to trip at the last. set. let
2: Maddie. I'll be really boring by then. I've really, I have worked out at, what a boring person I am.
1: <laughs> Expansion. Can we end up with 20 teams? Uh, you know, we we all took a lot out of the Dolphins' introduction here, and and probably mm. I think the biggest thing about the Dolphins' introduction and and the success, and you need to put that in inverted commas because success in the competition is different to success of being a new club in the competition. Mm. I think the the part behind that is the fact that they got it together so quickly and they've done it um, initially mm. right so they didn't come out looking like a, a shambles or anything like that and then 13 months they did it. Now we're mm. thinking of 20 teams. Now we're thinking the Pacific are coming to the situation and the Bears have been really obvious. I spoke to Billy Moore, Matty last week on my program and and he just reiterated the Bears. We want to keep our jumpers, our badge. Mm. We want two games at North Sydney. We want our, our history to remain the same. And we'll go wherever the NRL tells us to go. Mm. Where do you think that could be?
2: Okay. Firstly, Matty, I'll answer this by saying I think 20 is it's too much at the moment. It's twenty. Uh, you know, maybe a decade down the line, we get there. Now, I, I've heard people say before, said to me, um, oh, we went to 20 and made the decision to go to 20, and I think it was 1992. Looking ahead to 1995, and they said it was crazy, shouldn't have happened. Well, it should have happened then. It was okay to happen then because a couple of things were important. Rugby union was still professional. Uh, it was still amateur, right? And at that point, we were poaching some of the best." Um, international rugby union players in Australia and New Zealand uh, out of Europe some of the Welsh players like um, um, there was John Devereaux and whatnot and so there was another pool to pick from on top of that the the English rugby league were played over there in the winter which let their best players come out here and play in the off season. so there was a huge pool now that's all changed I know. that that's all changed. We ha- the, twenty at the moment is too much. When we do expand, in my opinion, the first side that should come in is Pacifica, because I'm always where people are saying, "Oh, we have got to go to Perth." I'm always con- my my concern about going to Perth is that one day the junior nursery will be there, will be strong, and be able to um, sustain. But in the meantime, you're going to be poaching from all these other sides over on, on the East Coast, which lessens competition, where I think in a shorter period of time, when you have a side that's representing Pacifica, you look at where the game's gone, the amount of Pacific Islands players in the competition, the impact that they're having, I think I think Pacifica is a much, must. Uh, where you base the team, I'm not exactly sure, but crucially, as, as far as finance and making it work, you know, it's... I know the Australian government, Anthony Albanese, Albanese is desperate for Peter Valandys to bring in a Pacifica side, so that they have a prese- uh, so they have a presence in the Pacific, in particular Papua New Guinea. And I don't like to talk, you know, but they're they I don't like to talk politics around it, but it's around, you know, uh, the presence of of China in that region. And you know, people say sport and politics don't mix. Well, guess what? It just does. Yeah, they but they, by the sounds of things, they're willing to fund a lot of this and to make it happen and on top of that there is just huge oil money up in Papua New Guinea so a pacific pacific aside based where I'm not sure home games in PNG
1: so i guess my question around that is and i i have the opposite concern to you so you've got the concern about going to perth i'm always concerned with a national um, sporting Fran- a ma- national sporting competition, leaving our shores. That's my concern. Whether it's whether it's rugby league, whether it's another sport, whether it's motorsport. I, I always think that sometimes when you take it offshore, you have so many more risks because you are in the hands of so many uncontrollables. I mean, look at what happened with the Warriors, and what yeah. happened throughout COVID. Now we don't know if that's ever going to happen again. I guess my question is why? What's the reason? For going to the Pacifica, what what's the main reason that's best for the game? If they're looking for money, the Bears mm. are saying we'll we'll bankroll it, we'll fund it. Yeah. Is the infrastructure there? I mean, one of the things I think that we've learned out of the Dolphins is that they've got the infrastructure, they've got the cash, and they can get up and move quickly and be agile. I wonder if that yep. can happen over there in Papua New Guinea yes, or wherever. It,
2: I get that, Matty. That that that's the biggest thing with Having a team based in Port Moresby is going to be that the, the, the country is going through issues as far as health and safety. And that's why you would base them somewhere else. Cares. My thing about like um, is the Pacific Nations is just, as, as I said before, is just the presence they have in, in rugby league is huge. Um, and as far as Papua New Guinea is concerned, two things. is Number one, it's the only place on the face of the earth that rugby league is the national sport. They are fanatical about it. And how often does a sport be able to change the whole, I think, future and just the path of a country, which rugby league will be able to do in Papua New Guinea? And so as far as I think, and and as far as being bankrolled, as I said before, there is huge oil money there they've already indicated that Uh, they're willing to back the side and the Australian government on top of that. So that's huge leverage there for Peter Volandis to lean on the government and just make it happen.
1: So do you reckon, Matty, we park the 20-team discussion? Mm -hmm. We park that for way down the line. And do you reckon that we fast-forward, if it's not already there, the 18th team discussion, and, and this would be the one that we'd be having just in time for the next round of TV rights, as you know. That's where all the money comes from, and that'll be 2027 the next time they're up. So you're looking at a turnaround effectively of two and a half seasons by the time you Mm. sort of get this thing up and running.
2: Well, I mean, I I think that at the very least, when the next TV deal comes in, is you can say, well, listen, guys, part of this TV deal is that in 2029, we're going to have a a side based here. You you don't want to rush into it, but the TV deal can, can be done around that, that plan and and how you're going to structure it and whatnot. Um, you just can't. You just Matty. You just can't rush it. You've just got to. You've like the 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 Dolphins have had a really great great start. They're two from two, but I tell you what, Matty, it was they cut it pretty fine. Um, you know, six months before that first game, little people sort of going, "Geez, I hope this. I hope this works." Thank God they had Wayne Bennett at the helm because I think he's been very much responsible in in having a good start and why we're talking about 20 teams. But 20 teams will be, at this point of time, too many. Um, But I'm all for making plans to go 18. Uh,
1: At the Players' Championship in the golf, Scotty Scheffler's won it by five shots, so nobody could catch him in the end of final round, 69. So a three under for Scheffler. He wins by five shots from Terrell Hatton, finishes at 17 under the car. One of the big movers... Was Hatton and also Hideki uh, Matsuyama rather, who put in a late challenge. The best of the Aussies, Cam Davis and Minwoo Lee, both finished at eight under. So Scotty Scheffler takes out that one. Now boxing mate, Tim Zhu, mm. uh, made a statement. Does does he have to? Does he need to tell anybody his name anymore? Or did he need to say it after that one against mm. Tony Harrison? Because I get the feeling that everyone knows who Tim Zoo is.
2: Wow, what a fantastic fight. And what was on display when you saw him fight uh, Harrison was it's his growing power. Every time he fights, you can see he's getting stronger and he's hurting his opponents more. But the thing that really stood out for me was his ring craft, his intelligence. Like, Tony Harrison just couldn't breathe. He was all over him. He just he just cut off the ring. He was just in control the whole fight. Tony Harrison is fantastic. He's one of the best counterpunchers in the game. Um but Tim was just, he was all over him and the referee, I thought, let the fight drag on a little too much particularly when he had him on the ropes uh, towards the end there but oh, man, I tell you what, he impressed I know the Amer- look—the Americans, you know, typically the Americans as far as the fight game is concerned anyone outside America is, uh, you know, they, they, they not so much disrespect but they, they always go oh, they need a couple of more fights no, he's not at this le- level yet I think he's ready to fight Charlo now I think he's like he just keeps surprising people. The, you know, coming out of America, people were saying that Tony Harrison was going to beat Tim, but you know, I, I had coffee with, um, had spent a couple of hours with Johnny Lewis on Saturday, and I said, what do you think, Johnny? Is it going to be tight? And he said, no. Nah. He said Tim will just wipe the floor with him. And so, if it comes from Johnny Lewis and Johnny Lewis says he's ready to fight Charlo, then he's ready to fight Charlo.
1: He wiped the floor right in that ninth round. I mean, it was it was. The, you talk about the ring craft, which was you know for the boxing purist, it was one of those. But at the end, it was just violent. I mean, it yeah. was absolutely brutal in the oh, ninth this. round. So yeah, there's so there's the, so uh, many
2: so many similarities made between him and Kostya. like um, just that right hand, and you know Tim Timmy. Yeah, it's just like fight. every time he fights, he just adds something. Different, like when he fought the Irishman uh, Dennis Hogan, he was going to that fight. and He said, "What you are going to see here is my body punching." Went in, and he he was just pounding, uh, you know, his uh, Hogan's liver and, and ribs, and just followed it up. And he just said, "I think the, the one he was talking about showcasing power, being able to take a punch in the next fight, and then this one, he just, as I said, the power went up a notch, but it was just the ring craft. It was like that was the thing, like." around Kostya, when you watch Kostya fight, and if you watch him fight Zab Judah, which was his most famous yeah. victory, is what you see with Kostya in the first round, people were saying, you know, the commentators were saying, mate, this is, this is all at sea. Um, you know, he, how long is this going to last? Judah, just faster. But in that first round, when you watch the fight back in hindsight, Kostya's just got his left hand out, and he's just feeling his range, and bit by bit, just cutting off the space, and, 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 you know, Judah had never fought someone so clever and someone so willing to, to play the long game against him. And then, of course, with a couple of seconds to go before the, the sec- end of the second round... Cost you'd found the range and just knocked him straight out and you saw that yesterday with Tim Tim just sort of walking up to Dennis Hogan with his left hand out and just feeling the range incredibly intelligent fighter and from what I from what I believe talking to Johnny his uncle Igor who trains him he, he yeah. said he's a very good trainer, a very smart guy.
1: Yeah, incredible, incredible fight. So he claims the interim WBA super welterweight title. That sets up an undisputed title fight against Charlo. Mm. That'll be in Las Vegas in July. We've got a uh, Ned's update with Jared Timms to get to, so we'll take a break. 0457 736 736 is the text line. We'll give us a call this morning on the roundup. one one 1170 and Matty will be doing his snap judgments on round two match by match as we go through uh, what, ac- what occurred from Thursday through to yesterday and a lot of talking points. But let's get a Neds update right now with Jared Timms, who's on the line. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. You win some, you lose more. The NRL Premiership, Timsy, after round two. What's the, uh, what's the story here?
0: Yeah, morning, boys. Well, the Panthers, they're still rock solid on the top line of premiership betting here at Ned. Still $4.50 after that tough win over the Bunnies in round two. The Roosters, they've actually been slight firmers after bouncing back in round two, $7 into $6.50. The Storm haven't budged despite their loss. They're $7.50 third line. And the Bunnings are the only other club currently up at single figures. You can have $8 for them at Neds. Now, there's a couple of moves at double figures I wanted to touch on here. The Broncos, firstly, pre-season, $31.00. After round one, $21. Now, after round two, they're into $11 fifth favoritism in our premiership market. Also, the move continues for the Dolphins, $67 preseason, $41 last week, and they're a $31 chance now. So that puts them ahead of the Raiders, the Titans, the Warriors, the Tigers, and the Knights in our premiership market.
1: All right, we've got some massive games in round three, starting at Four Pines Park at Brookie. So Seagulls get the job done in round one, have the buy in round two, and they've got the old Manly v. Parra uh, number going on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, really looking forward to this one too, Matt. Uh, as you've just touched on there, uh, they won in round one, Manly. They're fresh from the week of in round two. They're actually $1.70 favourites here at Ned's. And it is round three. Clash, the Eels, they've been battling. They've opened at $2.10. And the early line for this one is set at two and a half points.
1: All right. What about the Roosters and Rabbitohs? So the book of feuds with another chapter Friday night at Allianz Stadium.
0: <laughs> yeah, really looking forward to this one. This is going to be the prime time game on Friday. Uh, and betting suggests here at Neds at least that uh, this is going to be the match of the round. Unsurprising, really. The rooster's a bit of value. I thought $1.98, but there's still plenty of meat on the bone. I beg your pardon for the Bunnies fans as well. $1.80, the line for this one is just a point and a half.
1: All righty. Nice and close. Good on you, Jared. We'll speak again next week.
0: Thanks, boys. Good luck, hunters.
1: Thank you Jared Tim's there. Thanks to Ned's. You can download the Neds app today and take your betting to the Ned's level. You win some You lose more o four five seven seven three six. 736 is the text line. Plenty of those texts coming through. We'll get to those as soon as we can. one one 1170 If you've got the time, pick up the phone and give us a call. The best caller of the day gets a Signet Boost Power Bank. Valued at $59.95. It'll keep your phone, tablet, earbuds powered 24-7. And we'll also do Maddie's Coach of the Year points. Thanks to Glencore, advancing your everyday life. This is the Roundup on a Monday morning. Maddie Johns with more after this. Heading to the news very soon. We'll do our round two snap judgments on the other side and still a lot more to get through. Uh, NBL, of course, the Championship Series goes to a winner-take-all game on Wednesday night in Sydney and I'll be catching up with the Sydney Kings CEO, Chris Pongrass, uh, a little bit later on in the program. A quick one for you, Matty, before the news. This one from Ryan. What chance do you give Para to be 0-5 to start the season? So they've lost their first two. They've got Manly, Panthers, Roosters
2: i tell you what, the draw has been, it, it's just so unfair on Parramatta. I mean, the next few weeks, so the, they got Manly, then yep. they got the Panthers, and, and then, then they got uh, the, all three coming off buys. You know, So oh. you, you tell me if that's fair. Oh. Like, like, no. I mean, seriously, when they put this draw together, surely someone could have looked at this. That's such a disadvantage for the Parramatta side. So there's it's a, a real chance... One. It's big chance, because the more you chance. lose, the more pressure there is.
1: Exactly. Back after the news with more. Yes, the Monday morning roundup right across the SEN network. If you're just joining us, thanks for tuning in. If you're coming on back, another hour with Matty this morning on SEN 1170 AM Sydney, 693 AM in Brisbane, 1620 AM on the Gold Coast, and wherever you're tuning in, of course, via the app, 0457 736, 736 is the text line, or 1300 01 is our open line. Matthew, let's do some snap judgments. Uh, Thanks to Snap Fitness with you every step of the way. Snapfitness.com.au where we have a look at the games that have just taken place and then, of course, we'll do our tips a little bit later on. So let's try and put them into a bit of a nutshell. Your snap judgment Mm -hmm. from the Panthers uh, defeating the Rabbitohs 16 points to 10 on Thursday. Obviously, the off-field drama at halftime continues um, Mm -hmm. and that's a real pity the way that that played out. But when you look at the way that the the Panthers have fought back mm. after their round one loss, the World Club Challenge before that, and I watched uh, with interest Isaiah Yeo on your show last night on Fox Sports, and how he said the first two weeks we struggled for momentum, and that's mm. what's carried them for the last two to three years. So the struggle for momentum appears to be at least uh, in this round against the Bunnies overcome. Well, the the, the
2: struggle for momentum early, Matty, was uh, it was. They did that to themselves. There was too, sideways, too much sideways ball movement and not enough just good old-fashioned grunt driving forward, you know, allow Nathan Cleary to give him space, give him time to think about what kicks he's going to put in on five and six. It was a return to title-winning ways. It's very interesting, Matty. Sides don't get bored with winning, but they get bored winning the same way. And that's the coach's job to just keep, to keep taking them back to what works. It took, took the, what did I say? Don't abandon the mule that takes you to the top of the
1: mountain. <laughs> what about uh, the impact of Sonny Luke? So, I mean, we, we mm. knew that it, it was going to be a massive out when Apicorosau went across to the West Tigers, but this kid is something very special.
2: And how uh, I think he's pushing the mid to late
1: 20s. Is that right, Sonny Luke? Have I got that Yeah, right? I think he's, uh, he's 27, yes. 27.
2: As the great George Young wrote, "Long way to the top," which sometimes serves guys very, very well, very talented, and it, look, it, eventually in life, uh, as sport is life, you get what you deserve eventually. And he's hung in there. It's, it's a, it's a really good story.
1: Yeah, the the kid, as I mentioned, is twenty seven years <laughs> of age. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, sharks I mean, 30. for for me and you, for
2: for you and I, that is young. He's a
1: kid. He's to a kid. be
2: twenty seven again.
1: Yeah. Um, the Sharks 30 defeat the Eels on Friday night at Combank. So Cronulla claim their first win of the year without Nico Hines, but a lot of focus on Brad Arthur's bench rotation. We've got a few um, texts about that questioning it. So what did you make of this one?
2: Uh, look, going into the game, I, I had concerns about the way the, the, the Parramatta side was structured as far as uh, what was sitting around their playmakers. When you're a playmaker... You're the lifeblood of a playmaker is your edge back rower, right? He, even if you're not using him, he's running your deceptions and he's hitting your space. And yeah, you know, that that's one of the most important partnerships in the game. And you know, if I want to, if I've got a the, the back rower I want off me is the guy who's going to run the gap for me, right? Who's, who 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 I can give to and he's going to run right into the teeth of def, the defense and wear a bruise for me. Whereas you look at the Parramatta side, like for instance, on the left hand side you had Bryce Cartwright in the centre. So you you effectively had, you got two playmakers there It's surplus to requirements. The back row's a big problem for Parramatta at the moment. What Going into that game, was really funny. On the surface of things, if you said to me who was going to win, uh, I would have said, without thinking, Parramatta. But I sat down did the form through the week and just looked at the nature of the two sides and it became clear that if the game was going to be an arm wrestle, then in my opinion, I, I said I thought the Cronulla were going to win. Now I had a bet with my son. One of my sons, I won't say which one it is, had a bet, and he said, "Mate, Parramatta will win." And I said, "I bet you, I bet you lunch that Cronulla beat him." And he says, "Okay." So a ten-nil he texted me and said, "Mate, I have my medium rare," and I said, "Mate, do you, I said Cronulla will find a way to win this because you know oftentimes when you get away to a really cheap ten-nil lead." puts the side into a false sense of security. And in and, and a lot of ways, that's what the Eels are like. So they've got... Uh, Hopgood's been a really good pickup through the middle. You know, the big guys up front, Campbell Gillard and Junior Polo, fantastic. Top draw stuff. Hodgson will get better at, um, at nine. But at the moment, the edge back rowers are a real problem.
1: So you've had your, your thoughts on the Parramatta Eels and, and the next three matches in between, in particular that they face, but what about the Sharks? What's your mm. snap judgment then on the Sharks over the next few rounds? They've got the Raiders, the Dragons, the Warriors before they get to the bye. So a really important mm. three weeks or three rounds of football ahead of them. A snap judgment on the Sharkies?
2: They should, look, Matty, like they should win all three, in my opinion, but they're not playing like a top four side. They won the other night, but I don't think Craig Fitzgibbon would be very happy with the side, how they're travelling at the moment. They're not playing like a shark's side or what we expected from last year. Their defence isn't hard-nosed. Like, that was a game you know, the, the, that was a game of touch football the other night and or the other afternoon. I, I think Craig Fitzgibbon will be sort of sitting them down in front of the video and reading them the right act a little bit. They got the two points, but it wasn't impressive.
1: The Broncos are now two from two, so they are down the Cowboys at Suncorp. I mean, this is a big win. 28 points to yep. 16. Off the back of their round one performance, they come out and put a performance like this on a team that has massive raps, has been performing so well. It's such a good, tight unit under Todd mm. Payton. Rhys Walsh, um, fantastic. Unfortunately, oh. Curry, Corey Oates with that broken jaw. So quite a bit to take away from this one.
2: Rhys Walsh, what a, what a debut. I... I can't remember. Uh, I've seen some beauties over the years. I, I can't remember one better, uh, off the top of my head. Just really good. And you know, Kevy, if we're talking about the best coaches of the round, he'll, you know, he'll he'll feature in that because because it was the little tactical adjustment he did with having Rhys Walsh in the side. If you go back and look at the game, effectively because. Um, because Adam Reynolds the primary playmaker they they do a lot of their attacking shapes from the middle of the field but with Reese Walsh there they attack from a wider field position to open the field up for Reese Walsh for his speed and his footwork and just the great skill he's got so very very smart from Kevvy and he was, he was fantastic he was he was he was you know, they've got a really, really good creative team now. So you've got, you've got Reynolds who can play the full field. And or, he's an organiser and a natural passer and puts the polish on the end of the sets. And in the six and the one, you've got Mam and you've got Walsh who are unpredictable and quicksilver fast. So, it, it, and Billy Walters too, he's playing really good football at, at Hooker. So, Matty, they're looking good, right, but I'm... I'm always wary of the Broncos because I've seen this from them. I saw this last year where they were headed for a top four spot and the wheels completely fell off to the extent they played Parramatta right. They played Parramatta, beat them 38-16 and one month later played Parramatta and got beat 53-6. So when when the wheels come off Brisbane, they really come off. But I, I do have the suspicion that this year will be different but I'll be convinced of it when they can go through a tough period and get out the other side.
1: Yeah, trust is a word that you, you've used a lot when you've been talking <laughs> about the Bronx. So they've got the Dragons next up. We've mentioned that Dolphins, uh, big blockbuster in round four. But then you look at their draw. So West Tigers, then the Raiders, then the Titans, then the Eels, um, then a big one of the uh, the Rabbitohs in round nine. You've got to go all the way to round mm-hmm. 16 before they get to a buy. So the early points and the early performances have been yeah. absolutely <laughs> that's, outstanding. Yeah.
2: That that's that's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I talking to Jose last night, I, he said uh I said, uh, well, you know, they got the buy coming up. And I said, oh, yeah, you've had some pretty tough games, sides have really come hard at you, it's a good time, event. nah, no it's not. he said I'd prefer it around, around 10, 11, 12. And I said, OK, I understand that. I get it. So that's so that's that's handy for the Broncos.
1: Yeah, yeah. And was that a preference for, what, just further into the season or yeah. injuries and all that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, yeah, Maddie, I I think twofold. I think purely because by the middle of the season, you're starting to wear a few injuries, you're getting a little fatigued, and you're looking for for a break to freshen up. But I also think that at the moment they've they've just chalked up their first win uh, after the World Club Challenge loss in Round 1 and I reckon they just felt they're getting a bit of momentum and they've got their blueprint going. They've returned to winning ways uh, and they've, it just creates a little bit of a block.
1: Your snap judgment then on the Roosters 20 defeating the Warriors mm. 12 at Alliance.
2: Yeah, it's... It's deja vu a little bit with the Roosters in the fact that, you know, star studded side who you're expecting so much from and they got the win, but yeah, they weren't, they, they, they just, they can't find continuity with the football. They they just, they can't get that rhythm going. Um, Keary, uh on the weekend, um, you do not see better ball playing than when he laid on the last try, puts Su- Suoli through. It was unbelievable piece of playmaking. Looking in at the last second to turn out and throw that tight, nice little tight face pass. That that was that was class. That's a that's a good sign for Luke and the Roosters. But at the moment, they've. I can't quite. I can't quite put my finger on it, Matty. What it is, but I do believe that Manu is wasted in the centres. Centre these days has evolved into a workmanlike position, and Manu's better than that. I. What they—I I don't know exactly what they do. Of course, he's not going to go to full out with Tedesco. There was a period last year where they put him into six, and their season got going. But that means, you know, it, then you you've got to move the halves. You know, is it Sam Walker? I, I don't know. But in my opinion, he's just—he—you he, don't get the best out of Joey Manu in the centres. Uh, They—they'll they'll pick up. You know, I—I I spoke to someone yesterday, and he said do you reckon they'll be top four, and I said yeah, they definitely will be. But. Yeah, they just want to get themselves going, um, but, but get themselves going quicker than they did last year. They yes. they took took them almost two thirds of the way through the season to start seeing their best football.
1: Well, they've got the Rabbitohs obviously on Friday, and then wow. they've got the bye after that one. We've touched on the Dolphins beating uh, the Raiders and where the Dolphins are currently sitting, of course, in their fantastic start. Now, what about this result? The Bulldogs twenty six mm. defeat the Storm twelve. Now. It's interesting, Matty, when we did our top eights uh, at the start of the season, these were the two teams, Bulldogs and Storm, that I flipped and flopped the whole way in. And part of my reasoning about questioning the Storm was exactly what's happening. Munster's now out. We know Pappenhausen. We know all the names on the sideline. And Asafir Solomona is now going to join him for the next, well, six to eight weeks. So dramas for the Melbourne Storm. Was it more of a worry the way that the Bulldogs won for Craig... Bellamy, they scored on the left, they scored on the right, they scored in the middle.
2: Yes, Matty. Look, we said before a ball was kicked, depth is a big issue for the Melbourne Storm. This is, and we predicted that this was going to be, in Melbourne's, in Craig Bellamy's Storm coaching career, all the grand finals, all the times he went through the salary cap period where they had to rebuild, is that I think this is going to be his biggest challenge, is that there's not a lot of depth in the squad, and the the reliance on particularly with Pappenhausen be on keeping Munster, Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant fresh and on the field, and they've lost Munster and already you see the effect of that. Nelson is he was their most effective forward. They've lost him for eight weeks. Man, this is oh, this is a huge challenge for for Craig Bellamy and the Melbourne Storm. You God help if they. You know, and the thing about it is, you know, like now you've got you've got Jerome and you've got Harry, and the nature of the sport is you might lose one of those guys the next couple. You just don't know. So this is, um, yeah, a lot of people looking at the Melbourne Storm trying to go, okay, well, where 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 do they sit? How far can their winning culture take them? With what's going on at the moment and how how skinny things are appearing in their roster. On the other, on the flip side. Great coaching performance from Cameron Seraldo. I thought watching, watching the Bulldogs in their first game against Manly, they were tentative. They played nervous, and like I said earlier, they were just always trying to find their structure, rather than just don't think, just push the ball to the edges. When you want to consolidate, go back to your structure. Uh, they, they were they, they were great, and it was re- and it was driven by the young guys, some really top line young guys in that squad. They, they were terrific. Um, and Burton, you know, Burton's still finding his way at six. He's going to get better and better. So some really good signs there for the Bulldogs. The challenge for the Bulldogs, Matty, it's the joy of playing underdog football. When you go out there and not many people are giving you a chance and you're coming off a stinker and you've had a lot of criticism through the week, what a joy it is just to get out there and be able to move the ball around and back yourself. Now, the challenge is going to be, did you say they got the Tigers this week? Uh, the doggies, yes they do So, Yeah they've got the Tigers right up uh, This is going to be the challenge To go out there and play a Tiger side Who's going to be absolutely hammered through the week And they're going to go out there with that underdog mentality For the dogs to still keep that same mindset And be willing to back themselves and push the ball around And defend their errors This is this is a really big mental test for Cameron Seraldo's dogs
1: We've uh, broken down the Knights v. West Tigers, but I've got some breaking news on that, Matty. So Jacob Saifidi has been handed a grade three Mm -hmm. reckless high tackle charge for that hit on Jake Simpkin that saw him sent from the field. So the outcome here is early guilty plea gone for five matches. If Mm -hmm. he challenges and loses, that'll be six uh, six games that he'll miss out on. So I don't know how much intent was behind that, um, but it was clearly... It was clearly pretty reckless, and it saw him sent from the field. What what was your take on that? And do you think that that's that's a good outcome, or not a good outcome? Do you think that's the right outcome? Perhaps five matches. Uh,
2: When you've looked some of them over the course of the weekend, it's he's been hit with the big stick but we all know the policy on headshots, you know, and, you know, as a, as I'm a night's man and I know how much is this going to hurt, but at the end of the day, I can't on one hand be sitting here and, you know, talking about the dangers of concussion and how we're going to clean the game up and the other, on the other hand, you know, to try to defend that. So at the end of the day, the off was, the, the, the off was deserved. The suspension's a pretty heavy one, but Hey, so that's, that's the way the game's going, and that's what we've got to do to clean up these head knocks and make the game safer, and that's the way it is.
1: So Jacob Saifidi, grade three, reckless high tackle, uh, five-match ban with an early guilty plea, six if he challenges and loses. I, I freeze-framed it um, to the eyeballs yesterday, and, and it was the actual eyes that I thought, because he, he he had a look at who he was ready to hit. So I think that's... that's a Initially, Maddie. I thought... Oh, he's just made contact with a player who's coming past him, you know, just trying to step into his way. But he had his eyes on the tackle, and the tackle went wrong. Jackson Hastings, a grade one careless high tackle charge for that shot on Tommy Talao. Um, So he'll get off with a $1,800 fine. Our final snap judgment, Dragons yesterday defeating the Titans. So the Dragons avoid everything by having the bye in round one, and they come out here and they... Well, they had to fight for it in the end. 32-18 looks like a big win, but they had to push their way through this one and a good way to come out of the gates for St. George Illawarra.
2: Wow, and what an important win it was for Anthony Griffin because if they get beat yesterday and they started slow, then today, Matty, we're on here saying, well, who coaches the Dragons? Is it Ben Hornby? Is it Dean Young? Is it Jason Riles? And so, look, the nature of the Dragons is probably that discussion is only a loss away only a loss away but uh yeah that's that's an important one like you know they turn up to training this morning Matty and they're buoyed. they've had a win they're happy we interviewed Dane Laurie after the game and he was in good spirits so that that's that's good for the club and Tyrone Sloan Tyrell Sloan who's such a important player for them talented young bloke had a difficult pre-season or charity shield he was good so there's some good signs good signs around the Dragons
1: there's your snap judgments from round two. Snap Fitness with you every step of the way. Go to snapfitness.com.au. We'll take a break on the other side of this. We'll get your coach of the year points. Who played it best from the coach's box in round two? Uh, We're heading to the next news break with Vanessa. So what we might do, Matty, we'll do our Glencore Coach of the Year points after the news. So I'll give you about another three or four minutes to think your way through that. Three, three, two, one. Uh, Don't forget the Bryden's Lawyers, your verdict. Pick one NRL winner each week for your chance to win $2,500. Go to sensurvivor.com.au. A couple of texts uh, before we head to the news here. Morning, gents. Regarding the expansion, without ambition we perish aim for the stars, land on the moon. There's just as many reasons to not than to achieved, uh, achieve desired outcomes. I credit the leadership of our game to have aspirations because we question them when they don't. Do you believe with that from the, uh, or do you go with that from Mick from the uh, Mount Cola Eagle, just aim for the stars? Uh, yeah, to
2: a certain extent. I like ambition. That's one of the reasons I think Peter Volandis is a great leader of the game, but I just think at this point we're going to be, I just, I think the twenty turns is a bridge too
1: far. Uh, Peter says, "How many concussions are caused by poor tackle technique?" Mm-hmm. Cameron Smith played four hundred and thirty games, made thousands of tackles. I can't remember him ever concussed, Says Peter. Well, I'm sure he was. Yeah, I'm sure he comes <laughs> was... a few along the way. But it's a good, it's a good mm. question, Peter.
2: Very, it, it's it's very interesting to watch Cameron play. The way Cameron defended, he almost absorbed. If that makes sense. Right, uh, you, he would take a player and almost let the player absorb into him, and then control him to the ground. Uh, where a lot of players, are st- the, you know, like most of your knockouts are happening when you're trying to make waist-high tackles, getting your head stuck on the right on, on the wrong side. So yeah, d- different tackling techniques entirely. In the old days, it was you know tackle around the legs, and we oftentimes think, you know, that's still the way to go. Which I, I'm still a good legs tackle, still gets the crowd to their feet, but. There's a lot of there's a lot of hip bones and knees and everything down there.
1: Just on that tackling technique, and I wanted to raise this anyway. So thanks to Peter for the question. That, you know, when I was a little young bloke growing up, and our our um, PE teacher, who was our footy coach, drilled into us, mate, absolutely mm-hmm. drilled into us. Head on the other side, outside of the body, arms yep. around the waist and fall back with it. And the amount of first graders that we see get their head on the inside. And therefore, cop the knee, cop the thigh, cop the cop the waist. What's going on there? Where, where's the? What's the missing link?
2: Yeah, I th- I think Matty, I I think with the increased pace in the game, we're seeing less of like I said that Cameron Smith absorb style defence. Like teams, players are actually for a while that was that was the trend. That's the way sides were defending but now all of a sudden with the sped up game the legs tackle are coming back in and I just don't think they're ed- educated and done, they haven't done as much of it and the other thing too Maddie, is the speed of the big guys the power of the big guys and the fact the big guys, they're very good with their late footwork, when you get a big guy running at you yeah. and he's got good footwork it's so easy to get your head caught on the wrong side so it's, a very, it's very much an adjustment, with defence like we had a coach, I remember we had a defensive coach, and he was brilliant. He actually taught us to make... De- we did all our tackling, not from 10 metres away. We did our tackling from a metre and a half away. And guys with bump pads would m- move and shuffle, and it just taught you to get your feet and your head at the right place at the very last moment. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult skill.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and again if it's you, you're spot on. If it if it hasn't been taught throughout the last 5 to 10 years because the focus has gone to the to the yeah. you know nullifying the ball and the offload in particular right. and your forwards are getting bigger and faster then it's a it's a collision waiting to happen. We need to go to the news we'll do that and then we'll come back and do our coach of the year points. Thank you, Vanessa. Our final half hour of the roundup and then uh, the morning show continues after that. My special guest will be Sydney King's CEO, Chris Pongrass. So they're going to a decider this Wednesday night at Kudos Bank Arena against the New Zealand Breakers. It's two apiece in the championship series. Now, Coach of the Year points, Matty. Who played it best from the coaches' box in round two. Thanks to Glencore, advancing your everyday life. We'll we'll build the drama. So we'll go 1-2-3 instead of 3-2-1.
2: Well, I'll go one point point to the old Wayne train. Tickets for the Wayne train, all aboard. Uh, Wayne Bennett um, getting his side home against the Canberra Raiders, doubled up two weeks in a row. So one point to Wayne. Uh, Two points to Kevy Walters, played a high-quality side in North Queensland. Had uh, Reese Walsh in debut, that beautiful little tactical adjustment to give Reese more time. I thought Kevy two points and three points. Cameron Serraldo, after a poor first first week against Manly, uh, people were going, well, I'll tell you what, yeah, this Serraldo, well, he's not the super coach people thought he was. Well, he took his side down to Melbourne. Once again, tactical adjustments, attitude adjustments, and they pull off a uh, pretty big upset. So three points, Cameron Serraldo.
1: All right, Sorraldo gets three, Walters gets two, and Wayne Bennett on the Wayne train for one. Thanks to Glencore, advancing everyday life. Learn more, search Glencore. So just back to that Ma- um, Monday morning rap sheet, Maddie. So we know Jacob Saifidi and his charge. He's facing five uh, weeks on the sideline, possibly six. What did you make of the dangerous contact charge for Joseph Swali mm. And uh, he can get away with 3,000 here.
2: I thought he was very lucky. Yeah, I thought I thought he was extremely lucky. That, those, Maddie, those blind late hits in the middle of the back are extremely dangerous for playmakers because simply because you relax and it can cause a pretty heavy whiplash. And we've seen guys get pretty big suspensions for it. When I when I saw it firstly when he hit Chance, I thought, "Wow, he's going to get a couple of weeks for this." So to get away with a with a fine, I thought he was extremely lucky.
1: Yeah, three thousand dollars for that, Jeremy Marshall King. So, grade two dangerous mm. contact charge for his tackle on Corey Horsburgh.
2: Well, Maddie, if he didn't mean it, if it was if it was just simply careless or an accident, then they got it right. If it was if they deemed it that it was deliberate, it deserved more. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. I would like to think that it was purely accidental, he's just bringing him to the ground because sometimes players just finish in that position. But I'll come back to the fact that the RLPA need to get out to the clubs and they need to read the right act to the players that if they want to sit down with Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo and talk about player welfare, then they've got to stop doing this to their fellow professionals.
1: Oh uh, four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line. Got a good question here from Chris, who's an AFL supporter. Get to that in just a sec, Chris. But Scotty Drinkwater, so grade three shoulder charge on Corey Oates. There, there was a lot going on at this mm. at this collision point. Um, Sin bin for the tackle, obviously, and, and faces what three matches on the sidelines here.
2: Yes, um, and looks Scott Drinkwater. This is. It's not as if he's got this large rap sheet. And he's not known for it. He was in a position there where uh, it was re- it was reflex. He's in the motion. He was wrong footed. Uh, it wasn't malice. It wasn't deliberate. But he got him in the head and he broke his jaw. So in, in like three weeks, I think, I think when that came through to Todd Payton, I think he'd look and go, Yeah, okay. I think I think that's I think that's fair, cop. You know. Um, it was like you can't when, when you hit a guy high in this accident, like you can't, um, you don't know, you've got no saying if we're, exactly if it's going to be a break in the extent of the injury. But yeah, it, look, I think, um, I, I don't expect the Cowboys to fight that. I don't know what's come through, but I don't expect them to.
1: Yeah, all right, so that's uh, some of the stuff that's been happening off the uh, judiciary rap sheet across the weekend. So this text, Matty, from Chris says, as an AFL man, yes, we probably haven't got it right yet, but why isn't there a stand-down rule this is for concussion with a minimum of 10 days? Are they waiting for the Players' Association to tick it off? And if so, what's their issue with it? So the story Mm. here is the AFL, you you have to sit out a week, full stop. And Super Rugby, in fact, World Rugby's gone further than that. Um, I think it's now 12 days for them. In Rugby League at the moment... The understanding is that it's an 11-day period, but if you're cleared by a doctor, if you're cleared by mm. an independent doctor, then that can be waived and you can come back. So it's it's a yeah. stand-down policy, but it's not mandatory and it doesn't cover the days if you can get cleared in between mm.
2: them. Look, I, I never question you know, a, a physician, particularly an independent doctor, um, but... Um, Look, it's a, it's a, Matty, it's a compliment. Until you read, uh, just told me then, um, in black and white, that's what it is. I, I wasn't sure. In fact, last night, uh, Fletch said to Isaiah, Yo, now what's the thing, and Isaiah, uh, sure. his reply was, I'm not really, really sure. I think most people are in that camp. Look, you know, one thing we talk about with brain injuries is people go, well, you know, this is the thing, but to be honest, at the moment, we don't really know. I think that comment lends itself to, Having a compulsory stand down, even without, you know, having an independent doctor looking at you.
1: Yeah, thank you for the text on that one, Chris. Uh, here's another one. So we did touch on this earlier, but David um, must have missed it. So just like to get Matty's opinion on the little blow, a little blow up after the match with Taleo and Hastings. Um, this is David's opinion. He said to me, it showed there's no leadership at the Tigers. Young bloke who was a bit heated and let his emotions get the better of him. Not a big deal. But I couldn't imagine the Chief or Butts let that happen or in more recent times, Smith or Cronk let it happen at Melbourne. Doesn't it show that there no. is no one in control, uh, says David?
2: It's a, it's a fair point. I think, I think there's a number of sides, David, where that's in place. And we've spoken about this before, Matty, about the dearth of really strong older leaders at clubs. And I think a lot of the struggling clubs, that's what they, that's what they lack is you know, like a good, very good mate of mine who's now over at the Bulldogs in a um, in a uh, in a recruitment role is Peter Sharp, sharpie Newcastle, yep. bloke Coast, here, there, and everywhere. And he said, "Matty, one thing I learnt through being having a lifetime of footballing and, and coaching, he said, is that the success of an organisation, more than anything, is driven by the senior players, even more than the coach. And so." It, yeah, yesterday, like if that was Joey, and let me tell you, mate, that that would have, that sort of stuff would have been right up Joey's alley, you yeah. know. He like honestly, butsy or chief would have grabbed him by the collar and dragged him into the sheds, you know, regardless of how many golden boots or you know, man of the matches he got. That's what senior that's what senior players do. So at first I thought David Clemmer Guy, I thought, oh, this is good. Clem's gone and grabbed him, but then Clem <laughs> started having a go as well, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a really surprising one. It doesn't matter what happens, like how nasty things can get. It there to a certain degree, right? There's certain places you don't want to go, and we've been discussing a lot of that stuff in the last in the last week. But if there's just good old fashioned niggle and you know a high shot here and there, then mate, you just leave it. When the full time whistle happens, you leave it and you just say, right, when we play these blokes next time, mate, it let let's go, let let's let's get into them a little bit.
1: The other thing, too, to remember on that is, is the amount of... I mean, cameras have been on the sidelines for a long, long time, but there are more cameras, more focus, more vision, more access yeah. than ever before, ever before yep. in, in all forms of the game. We saw it with Jerome Luai and Jamin Sam, and we, we saw, it unfortunately, with the vision going down the tunnel with Latrell Mitchell the other night, and we see this one here. So there's more scope yep. for us to yes. see this stuff, which has been going on for years. Yeah.
2: I hear this argument a lot, right? Now, I'm, more than, com- I'm more, more than happy to remove the cameras and all that stuff and, and the, high, the nature of the high-profile game of the players. I'm, I'm happy for that. If the players are happy, to will be paid $100,000 a year.
1: Yeah, correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We've still got our round three tips to go. Uh, plenty of thoughts coming through on the supercars uh, in Newcastle across the weekend. Didn't that just kick off Deluxe? And it was awesome to hear it right here on SEN. So I'll cover that for you as well. But we'll get Maddie's tips after this. Yeah, we'll do our round three tips in just a sec. Uh, Maddie. this was on text on the... On the text line, boys, why is everyone assuming that Hastings went over to apologise? He didn't look to approach yeah. him on the back foot to me, turned from the interview and beeline for him. Pretty sure he lipped him on the field after it happened as well. Hastings playing you blacks, Well, um, Maybe, he, he, yeah. he said to Jake Duke, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go and apologise. Yeah. And me, he offered his ones.
2: hand. He offered yeah. his hand too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Sammy T says, your thoughts on the opener For the supercars in Newcastle, obviously your backyard. I spent a lot of time living and working there as well and was there for the very first couple of these events. Um, Plenty of talk around in the media on Shane Van Gisbergen, not answering any questions at the press conference. What are your thoughts? I'll dive into that a little bit deeper because I'll tell you one Mm. thing about Shane Van Gisbergen. He's got form in this department. There's a whole stack of reasons, but he's got form in this department in in not uh, playing the game out there in the public sphere or the press sphere. But mm. the event itself wrapped up again yesterday um, to be able to take those brand new supercars around the streets of Newcastle with the highlight of the, the motorsports, you know, the, the focus of the motorsports world's zeroing in on Newcastle was just spectacular, mate. It, it's a fantastic event.
2: It is a great event. Really, really good. My mates up there absolutely love it. Look, you won't be surprised to know that I'm not a huge motorsports fan. Uh, I suppose you'd, you'd expect that given the fact I can't drive a manual. I know. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's any autos. I mean, I'd give a go out there for the Get, get me an automatic driving around the streets. But um, but and yesterday, I, I do watch the Newcastle one, but yesterday I just, I've just i only got two eyes. So I was at Leichhardt over watching the football. Then I on, on, my, on KO, I was watching the fight. So something had to give, and unfortunately it was the supercars.
1: Yeah, well, the good thing is that we had uh, full coverage. So we broke new ground in Radio World yesterday with full coverage of the supercars, and it'll continue right throughout the season. And Aaron Noonan and uh, James Moffat, Jimmy Smith in the studio, did a ripping job. Righto, you got five out of eight last week in your tipping. Um, I haven't checked mine, but I don't think I got five. So let's, <laughs> let's fire up again For this one, Uh, starting Thursday night, so the old Manly and Para. Here we go again, but this one at Four Pines Park.
2: I think Manly coming off the break. Uh, Expected that Schuster comes back into the side. As we said, Parramatta entering into a little bit of trouble. They've still got some issues in the back row. Manly at home.
1: At home, I'm with you on that one, right? next up, that'll be Friday night, the six o'clock game. So I went. Yeah, Tommy's just reminded me, mate. I got three out of eight in round two. Oh, three.
2: You, you are. A, you're a dribbler, mate.
1: I'm a dud. Yeah, I'm a dud in that department. So Friday, 6 p.m. Newcastle v the Dolphins. This is this is interesting. At oh. home, McDonald Jones Stadium.
2: Look, I'm, I'm waiting for the Dolphins to come off at some stage, right? And I'm really hoping. I'm hoping uh, it's this week. Look, 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 look. (sighs) Newcastle are going to have to repeat that brave performance with the amount of injuries, the suspensions. Um, It's at home. I'll tell you what. Look, this is purely from the head, right? I'm telling people, don't back Newcastle, but I'm picking Newcastle. Read through the lines.
1: Okay, Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll... I'll say what you want to say, but you can't say, so I'm going to go the Dolphins there. Um, But it's going to be fascinating. It'll be really interesting to see how that plays out because in some ways the questions around the Knights and and those that will be missing and can they keep the role going applies to the Dolphins as well. Can the Dolphins Mm. keep their role going? And this is their first trip away. Remember, they played the first one at Brisbane the second one at Redcliffe. And now they're on the road yes. for the first time. Well,
2: Maddie, and what we'll do, what we used to do at traveling teams, we'll just get the Newcastle marching band yes. at the front of their hotel yes. uh, playing till four AM in the morning.
1: <laughs> and turn the taps on in the dressing room. Uh, oh, yes. Roosters. Rooster who was that? Was that Brian was that under Brian Smith? No. No, that,
2: no. The, 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 that was the early days, Ellen McMahon. I was working as the oh, I was God. working as a groundsman. I was one of the guys who did it. And we used to and we used to <laughs> wet the fields. M- make the fields a bog when the Dragons had Martin fire and Ricky Walford. We made the 10-metre corridors just a, an absolute bog.
1: Uh, righto. We're running out of time. Let's rip through. Yep. Roosters and Rabbitohs. Bunnies. Bunnies to win that. I'm with you on that. Titans v. Storm.
2: Oh. Titans in a massive upset.
1: Didn't see that one coming, did you? Yeah. Gold Coast, so I'm going to join you there. Cowboys v. Warriors.
2: Uh, Cowboys. Townsville. Yeah, Cowboys in Townsville. Cowboys
1: Cows, I'll go the Broncos too again at home obviously against the Dragons on Saturday night
2: Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, for me too
1: Yep, Bulldogs to beat the West Tigers, that's my call, yours
2: This will be this will be tight, but I will go the Bulldogs
1: Bulldogs in a tight one, and the final match of round three will be Sunday uh, evening at GIO Stadium in Canberra so Raiders v Sharks, Sharks Sharkies to beat the Raiders, which means the Raiders uh, remain un, uh, without a win for the first three rounds of the competition. So I'm going to go the Raiders there. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going the Raiders, and of course, the Panthers have the bye. Uh, good work, mate. Uh, great to catch up again this morning. We covered a lot of ground on that one, and we'll speak again next week.
2: Maddie, there's no better person to spend a Monday morning with.
1: <laughs> Monday with the roundup right here on SEN. <laughs> Matty Johns, have yourself a good week back after this.